Christy. Hey, Edith. Why do Native Americans hate the month of April? Why? Because April showers bring May flowers, and May flowers bring the white people. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. Hello, everybody. Hi, everybody, and hi, Christy. Hello, my neighbor and friend, Edith. How you doing? Hey, how are you enjoying National Fresh Celery Month? You know, How's it going for you? Christy, you know, you cannot find fresh celery at the grocery store. Everybody bought it like it was toilet paper. Exactly. There's a run uh-huh. on celery. There's a run on fresh celery. Yes. The old limpy stuff in the bin. <laughs> and it's National Gardening Month still. Uh-huh, because it's the same month that it was last week. Yes, good. Astute observation, Christy. Thank you. Do you know that the show drops, Edith, on the 20th, and it's going to be National Lima Bean Respect Day? <laughs> <laughs> because wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't it also Pot Day? 420? Oh, it is. 420 is a big day here in Colorado. That's right, yes. Yeah. And, and f- Lima Bean... Does not get enough respect, even on National Lima Bean Respect Day. It can't get enough you respect. You know, you can't share a day with pot and really expect to get a whole lot of limelight. Especially good, if you're fair, a lima bean. Yes. <laughs> My mother loved lima beans. That's one of the few things I don't like. I don't like them either. It tastes like vegetable liver. You know yeah. that texture? There's a texture about it that's just kind of squeaky. Look at us talking bad about vegetables. That's not right of us, Christy. Sorry. Uh, I'm doing it too. Okay, so talk about um, other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, your improv training in terms of initiations, Edith, My is really God. showing up here now. Really paying off. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very nice. Well, we could, in terms of other things, uh-huh. we could acknowledge one of the members of our garden party, Edith. Oh, let's do that. Today, we'd like to give a special shout out to... Paula M. for being a member of our garden party. Thank you so much, Paula. We really appreciate it. This means that Paula is a patron, which means she contributes a couple bucks a month to help support Upside Down Tulips to keep it fun and informative and as good looking as it is. And if you want to go more than just a couple bucks, you can get yourself up to the level of Attic Tomato. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Attic Tomato. we, We don't have enough Attic Tomatoes. An attic tomato level is $25 a month. And with that, you get um, an Upside Down Tulips mug mm-hmm. and an Upside Down Tulips t-shirt. A personalized thank you note. Yes. And uh, seeds from our gardens. And seeds from our gardens. Plus that thing that we have about undying gratitude. It's a potpourri of gratitude. Isn't whole, it? Edith? Yeah, it is. It is. A potpourri yes. of gifts and gratitude all coming your way if you're an attic tomato. But what if you're more than that? Could you be more than that, Christy? Yes, you could if you're very generous. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you could be a mother or father nature at $50 a month. Yeah. No pressure, folks. Okay, moving on. 
Uh, and if you folks want to learn how about how to become a member of the Garden Party, all you need to do is just go to our website, or you can look in the show notes, and you can uh, get see a link on how to become a member, a supporter of Upside Down Tulips. And there's also a link if you want to get merch because we have not only our regular Upside Down Tulips merch, but we have our brand new t-shirt, mugs, etc. that say, when in doubt, mulch it. Yeah. Very yeah. fun and cute. Yeah. Both fun and cute indeed. And useful to have in the garden. <laughs> hey, how's your garden doing? Well, you know, I finally put the snow shovel away. Oh, silly me. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Folks, we woke up today to what, six uh, inches of snow? It was a lot of snow. It was a lot of snow. And, and heavy. Heavy snow, and it's been cold. So this last week, I was able to plant one row of beets, and then it got cold. So, I mean, Christy, you know what I did? I, uh, For two hours today, it was mid-40s, and the sun was out. I put my seedlings on the porch, and I watered them with warm water. Oh, is that smart? Like little mittens, like little mittens on yeah. them. Yeah, like, 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 like you gave them a little hot tub. They, yeah, they got a hot tub because they absolutely have to have the light, right? Mm-hmm. So I put them out there. I took the winter sowing jugs that I have, all of which now have plants except for the columbine, put them on the porch. Columbine will take a little while. Oh, that's Don't good worry to about know. it. Okay, good. Oh, good. Because everything else is going gangbusters. And um, I covered it with a towel for the night. And that was my big foray into the garden this week. You? Well, I didn't do much in the garden because it's been chilly out. And then I remember you telling me you were going to bring in your winter sewing jugs. And yesterday I was all kind of cuddled in with a nice sweater on. Uh -huh. And I was having a mug of soup. And I was watching a really good documentary on uh, football, which I think you would have liked, Edith. Oh, what was her name? It's called Al Davis versus the NFL. Oh, I so would love that. So it's all about the owner of the Oakland slash Los Angeles slash Las Vegas Raiders and his disputes with the NFL over the years. It was really interesting. All right. Thanks. So I was all cozy and enjoying myself, and it started to snow. And I looked out of the snow, and I thought, I'm not going to go bring everything in. I'm not going to do it. And then I thought... Yeah, but Edith brought some of her stuff in. Maybe I should too. I said, No, I'm too comfy. I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let the strong survive. And then I thought, well, last year I lost about a third of my little seedlings because we had that really big cold snap. That's right. So I thought maybe I should go out there. And then I was thinking, well, maybe that was really cold. Is it as cold as that is? Maybe it's not. I don't know what to do. And finally I just went and screw it. And I really didn't say screw it. I said another word, but we only swear Apparently during our holiday shows, Edith. So <laughs> did, I won't swear today. So did you bring him in, or were you a Darwin? I I went out and everything that had sprouted, that had seedlings in yes. it. Yes. Not because of the snow, folks, but because of the cold mm -hmm. of the winter sewing jugs. I brought in, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, this check out episode 25 about a method to winter sow seeds outside it, to start your seeds. It is one of our most popular and talked about, it's actually talked about episodes. Episode 25. Uh-huh. So I did bring those in. And so then when I did that, I thought, huh, as I'm standing out there in the snow and I'm looking over at my rosemary. And I thought I was so proud that my rosemary survived uh -huh. the winter. And I thought, you know what? It's going to get in the low 20s. So I covered my rosemary back up. Oh, good. And then I thought, huh, 
I wonder <laughs> if I should cover up these panties that I just did. Because if we're going to get all this wet, heavy snow, I don't want the panties to get smushed. Uh-huh. So then I covered up my pansies. And then Edith, I started going crazy. And then it was midnight. And then right? I started thinking, you know what? I don't want these tulips to get smushed. So I started covering up tulips and then I just ran out of buckets. And so then I came inside. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> okay. Well, everything's going to be great then in your garden. You saved everything. I think so. Okay. And then I'm going to, but it's just really, it's when it gets into the low 20s. That's what worries me. Well, it's, it's also in the low 20s for the next three or four days. And yeah. the next Monday and Tuesday is again going to be really, really cold. Yeah. 30s doesn't bother me. Yeah. Or the plants. They don't really mind either. But 20s, no. Those little seedlings don't like that. Yeah. So that was kind of the extent of what's going on in my garden. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I have a, I don't know what we call this, my complaint department. It is complaint department. May I help you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you may. Um, Get this, Christy, complaint department, Christy. CenturyLink raised their late fees in the middle of a pandemic. CenturyLink, now in a pandemic, libraries are closed, so if you don't have internet at home, Mm -hmm. you can either get an education, you can't get an education. Right? So they raised their fees from 15 to $17, like you're one day late, 17 bucks, which to me is almost 30% of my monthly bill. Mm. A late fee of 30%. So um, this is your internet. This is my internet. This is the same company, CenturyLink being its name, that in 2019, because of their hidden fees and deceptive practices, had to pay nearly $8.5 million in a settlement with Colorado. Mm. So I called them and I said what I just said to you. I said to the guy and uh, he goes, okay, um, you can have it all back. This is why I'm telling this story, to tell our listeners to push back, mm-hmm. to tell them to point out things like it's a pandemic. How could you be like that? When other people are not collecting rent, they're letting they're forgiving mortgages, and then you come around and not only charge a high fee, but raise it. So, so you got your money back? I got my money back, yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate that, Edith, because in this time during when everything is so stressful. Uh-huh. There are some companies out there that are deciding to be full of grace. Yes. And kindness and understanding. And then there are other companies that are seeing it as an opportunity. And making so much money. Mm-hmm. And it's so wrong. It's just, it's just it, it made me sick. And, and one thing, you know, about if you call and complain about something, but never get whiny or angry, they're at a loss. If you complain kindly, they don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. So they end up trying to get you off the phone by saying, okay, I give up. Yeah. Take it back. And it also can be that sometimes the people on the other end of the phone are just aren't empowered to do anything They're about not it. Empowered. Yeah. And when you're nice to them, they are so taken aback. Of course, I had gone through quite a few people before I reached this guy. This guy was empowered. Mm-hmm. All the unempowered ones, I kept saying, can I talk to someone above you? Very nicely, though. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that if anybody out there has had to apply for unemployment at all. And <laughs> Hello. all the challenges yeah. that are with that, yes. I'm staying on hold yes. forever. And look how long it took to get it. No wonder people are going to be late paying things. We mm-hmm. couldn't get our unemployment for months and months. Okay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was <laughs> Edith's Complaint Corner. <laughs> 
wow. Okay, folks. Well, if there are any words or terms that you don't understand, we highly recommend that you check out our Upside Down Dictionary on our website. It's humorous and informative. Just click on the link in the show notes. And if you want to see pictures of our garden, inspirations, gardening jokes, all the things, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Oh, you know what? We have blogs, too. My gosh, we have a YouTube channel. And you can sign up for our newsletter for updates, jokes, funny garden signs, etc. What are the sexiest celebrities and hottest influencers posting on Instagram? Their Birkin bags? Their designer dresses? Their cleavage? No, it's their gardener hands. Oh, yeah. Everyone who is anyone is gardening these days. Even if you don't garden, you can look fashionable without all the digging, pulling weeds, hoeing, raking. Here at Phoebe's Phenomenales, we have the latest trends to help make your quarantine manicure stand out. Ooh. Our Gardener Hands Treatment features artisan chip nail polish and real dirt meticulously embedded under your nails. Ooh. Plus, our advanced techniques will give you the appearance of cracked cuticles, scrapes and cuts, calluses, and even blisters. Uh-huh. Get that rough-to-the-touch look that makes you look like you haven't worn gloves or put on lotion in months. For a limited time only, get a bottle of our special brittle nail polish as our gift to you. Mass required. Social distancing enforced. And would it kill you to put down your phone and pop in a mint? Well, hi. So today we're going to talk about growing fruit, all kinds of fruit. Let's start with stone fruits, shall we, Christy? Stone fruit. Stone fruit are fruits that have like a big seed in them, like a stone, you know, like um, peaches, plums, mangoes, nice, <laughs> cherries and, and, and nectarines, all of these things. Now, we're in Denver, and when I moved into this neighborhood like 25 years ago, all the alleys, Christy, were full of old, old peach trees and plum trees. I used to know where all of them were, and before I had any of my own trees, I would walk around because you're allowed to take the things from the alley. So then they were so delicious that I thought I'm, I have to have some fruit trees. I like to have things that last the whole year and I have a freezer. So that's why I do these things. So I have a peach tree. I'm so jealous. Look at how worried, look at my brow, how furrowed it is because, you know, in the twenties at night, and some of the blossoms have already happened. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah. Not all of them. Some of them are still closed. So when they're closed, uh-huh. it's a good sign that they just might make it through this cold spell. But okay. you remember last year, no plums and no peaches. That was devastating. That was really devastating. There was a couple people I saw had plums, but they had really old trees. My trees are not that old. They're mm. maybe five years or so. So, again, um, if you want... It's a wonderful thing to have fruit trees in your backyard, even in your front yard. Everybody used to do that. They are, we're in zone 5B, so it's a little iffier maybe than those to the south of us. But wouldn't you say, Christy, we have we have stone fruits more often than not? Yes. Um, and in fact, it's interesting to me that you can do a stone fruit tree even up to zone 2. Wow. It just depends on the variety you have. 
Oh, right, right. So, I, I mean, a great example are apple trees. That's right, apple trees. Right. Is apple tree a stone fruit? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My <okay>. bad. <laughs> but you can do pear tree in zone two. They're also get... not stone fruits. They're oh. little seedy because they oh, got little seedies. Okay. But, a, but a plum tree is. A plum tree is because it's just got that one okay. seed. Okay. Right. But there are certain varieties of plum trees that you can do in zone two. Well, that's wonderful because you're going to want to. The good thing about a lot of these stone fruits is that they're self-pollinating, so you don't need two. Gotcha. I don't have two. I just have the one of each, plum and peach, and ask at the nursery where you buy it. Make sure it is. They almost always are. You plant them in the spring, and maybe, Christy, you can tell us, we did this before, but it's so important, how you plant them. The most important part is, is how you plant them, right? Yes. A $50 hole. Is that what you say? <laughs> a $50 hole for a 50-cent plant. Yes. Yeah. And the most important years of a fruit tree are the first couple years. Yeah. The, those are the ones where they're the most fragile. So you really want to just get them through the, the cold times. And you can affect its shape, its strength, its yield, and its lifespan. In those first couple years, make sure you give a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And that pruning is really important when it comes to a fruit tree. Yeah. About making sure you remove dead wood and thin out branches that cross each other. And also on my peach tree, I've noticed there, there are these branches that, that go straight up. These shoots that go yeah. straight up. Got to get rid of them. Really? Yeah, get rid of them. Oh, that's so interesting. Uh-huh. So that you want to shape the tree so it has, you know, you can overdo it. If you let every single thing grow, mm -hmm. you don't want that. You want a lot of the energy to go into the fruit itself. So you cut off the suckers on the bottom, cut off the branches that cross, and cut off those ones that shoot straight up. So the energy goes into the fruit. Yeah, into the fruit. And you want to prune. A good time is, you know, when the sap is not rising, when it's kind of dormant. So, you know, I do it usually in the late fall, early winter. Of course, you plant them. In the spring? I had that happen with, um, you know, I have a choke cherry, and I wanted to get it pruned, and the landscaper says, I, w I won't prune it now because it has it could you could be in danger of having blight. Mm. So you should wait until the fall. Mm -hmm. So he came back in the fall to prune my choke cherry. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah. Um, um, you should also, when in doubt, mulch it. Almost always mulch it. But not yeah. right up to the bark. Nope. You should give it a little breathing. Or maybe, like maybe you think six or 12 inches away. That's what I do, yeah. And also, when I dig the hole to plant it, I do put compost in the bottom of that. I put a little bit of Epsom salts, and I put a little bit of compost. I put some topsoil, and then I refill it again with the soil that I have just dug up, just to give it a really nice head start. Nice. You can also buy dwarfs, and you can grow them in containers. There are now varieties that you can grow. They're small. In containers. You know, that's like last week when we had our container episode, I mentioned that there are people who are growing trees in those old-fashioned metal garbage cans. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You yeah. can grow a fruit tree in one of those. Now, did you did you notice that you'd hardly ever see fresh apricots at the store? Yeah. You know, they don't transport well. I never oh, knew that. That is interesting. Yeah, there, there is a, a apricot tree right by the bus stop. Uh -huh. But I never see them at the store. You can see them dried or frozen, but that's why. So if you love them, you can grow them. 
and I saw, I have a note that says that there's an apricot tree, Edith. Yeah. That's called the Manchurian apricot, and it's good for zone two and three. Wow. You won't get fruit every year. You'll get fruit every other year. And it's, oh, it's designed that way, not because of the weather, just yeah. because that's the way it goes. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Wouldn't it be great to just go out and have a fresh apricot? I would be. Yeah. I had, you know, great dreams of my choke cherry tree that I got. I was so excited because I was going to make choke cherry jam. And it's also a really good dye. But all it is right now is just a very beautiful bird feeder for the robins. Oh, sometimes that's enough. It is enough because I tell you what, the blossoms on a fruit tree are so beautiful. They smell so good. Yeah, and they smell like the fruit. It's it's delightful. Well, um, and it brings the pollinators. Exactly. The smell brings the pollinators. You get to smell something great. Um, there's two kinds of plums. You can buy either a European or Japanese. The are the varieties for uh-huh. plum. I think I have mine is Italian plum, and it's so good, so 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 good. Now you have an apple tree too, right? I have an apple tree in the front. Yes, and. There's a lot of apple trees in Denver. The thing about it is it always is very, very wormy. So I cut around that part and I make enough applesauce for the winter. That's usually what I do Oh, my gotcha. apple tree. Or, you know, cut it up and use it for, I don't make pie, but some other thing I might make. Like apple brown Betty. I don't really make that. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> <laughs> apple brown Betty. I love that. So yeah, I was surprised when I was at the nursery a couple weeks ago, and they had all these citrus trees out there. And I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me! Who's gonna waste the time and energy to have a citrus plant in Zone Five? Because really, it's our friends in California and Hawaii and Florida, Puerto Rico, that can have citrus. That's more like Zone Nine and Ten. Uh huh. However, I did learn some good tips on how people in all zones can enjoy a citrus tree. Oh, how? You can grow a citrus tree indoor year-round and then move them outdoors for the summer. But you have to have special qualifications for inside. Your tree should be in a sunny, south-facing window. Mm -hmm. So you may need to consider supplementing low-light conditions with artificial lights if needed. Or you could just knock out a wall. Yes. (laughs) Just knock it down. Big window. Uh Uh-huh. You should make sure that your soil is kept moist, but not soggy wet. You'll need an acid fertilizer for flowering plants in early spring, early summer, and early fall. And you'll want to make sure that your citrus tree inside has high humidity. That's why it's so tricky here in Colorado. Mm. But as you said before, Edith, a great way to increase humidity in your home is by placing the plants on a gravel tray filled with water. And keep the pot elevated above the water line. Uh-huh. And you want to avoid drafts of hot and cold air. And citruses prefer to be cooler in the winter in the 50s and 60s. Which is how it is in Florida, right? Yes. It does get cool there. And so I, you can have that. That's pretty cool. And I remember growing up in Minnesota, my mom had a little orange tree. And, I, you know, the oranges would be, maybe be the size of you know, a, a large marble. They were they were tiny little oranges, but boy, it sure was cute. And I was thinking, boy, that would be kind of fun to have a citrus tree and then just move it outside for the summer. And did it smell good in the house? Oh, yes. I mean, think of what it does for the air in your house. Oh, That's yeah, wonderful. it was just great. Yeah. Hello, Christy here. 
Edith and I are in McCool Junction, Nebraska at Phoebe's Farm Fashions Runway Show. This is one of my favorite events of the year as it answers the question, what will farmers and gardeners be wearing next year? It's starting. The first model is walking down the ramp. It looks like she's wearing a large, shapeless onesie. No seams. That is so avant-garde. This is a one-size-fits-all, and it will fit everyone from Tinkerbell to Yoda. I love it. Rather than old-fashioned overalls, whose straps and buckles can chafe after a few hours of hard physical labor, this is comfort first for the person who doesn't give a flying fig about what other people think. Oh, look how it floats around the body when the model does the turn. She looks like a hot air balloon. Beautiful. Here comes the second model with accessories. Look at that sun hat. Is that lace netting over the face? It's mosquito netting. Fashion forward and protective genius. An homage to Versace, maybe? And the gardening gloves. Even the smallest hands look like man hands in those. And the claws at the ends of the fingers for garden work? Billie Eilish nails. High fashion and utilitarian. Oh, this is the creme de la creme. I've never seen anything like this. Am I seeing 30 pockets in those gardening pants? Yes! Echoes of Givenchy 2005. It's like wearing a fisherman's vest on each leg. Not just pockets. There are loops where you can fasten your rakes and shovels, which she has done. It turns the gardener into a walking tool shed. Uh, oh, it looks like the model has fainted under the weight of the tools she's dragging. Well, it serves her right for weighing less than a hoe and a shovel. Christy, you don't mean that? Yes, Edith, I really do. We'll take a break now until they start the show again. You know, Christy, you mentioned uh, fertilizing. Uh-huh. Now, if you only have one or two trees, um, if you over-fertilize, you'll get a beautiful tree, but maybe not fruit. So an easy way to do it, you can buy these fruit tree fertilizer spikes. And you put them in, and they give nutrients for the whole year. Now, I have never actually done that, but I read about it. So you might want to do it. It feels to me like that sort of like, like Dracula, like you get the spike and you get the big <laughs> hammer and you spike it into the ground. Yes, it's exactly like Dracula. <laughs> yes, it is. I've never done that either, but I have watered my trees in the winter. Yeah, and I think that, is, that might be important for a fruit tree. Yeah. You know, there used to be so point. many apple trees in our neighborhood and they're all gone now. And, and, and there are just a couple left, and I could just see, like, oh, man, don't forget to water your fruit tree. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that I don't mind so much with all this snow, you know, because it's just being pulled down and pulled down so we can use it for quite some time. Hey, oh, can I tell you something about yeah. Palisade peaches, I by was, the way? Oh, yes, please do. Okay. Well, folks don't realize what a great delicacy in Colorado there is called the Palisade peach. It is the sweetest and juiciest peach in the entire world. And I don't think there is a fruit that tastes better than a peach in its prime. It's very it's very famous here. And yes. last year, because of, we had a very severe cold snap, 85% of the peach crop was gone. And they only had 15% of yeah. the crop available. Yeah. Well, I just read a story today, Edith. You'll yeah. be happy to know that even though we're getting the snow and even though it's getting cold, 
in Palisade, where they are, which is on the western slope of the Rocky Mountains, um, maybe by, it's by, it's kind of by Grand Grand Junction. Junction. Okay. Uh That they have this special little microclimate that is protecting them from this weather we're having right now. Oh, wow. And the reason why Palisade peaches are so good is because of the high elevation, because it's at 4,800 feet, the soil, which is mineral rich, and this unique climate, which is cool, dry nights and long, warm days. And they also have a very special pit that's called a freestone, which means that it separates easily from the fruit. Oh, yeah. I have noticed that. So they were there. It was in the news that the um, farmers out on the western slope feel that everything's going to be okay this year. That is really good to hear. And and the one other thing I wanted to say about, uh, especially about peach trees here, is if you don't cull them, if you don't thin out the actual fruit, you're going to end up getting peaches the size of a half a dollar rather than a peach size. So. Baby, I, you get baby peaches. You just get baby peaches. And you want the big mamba peaches. You do peaches. want the big one. You just don't want the little ones are like all fuzz, and I, I don't like the fuzz, <laughs> you know? So take a rake or something and just like rake the branches. Oh, that's how you do it. That's how I do it, yeah. Okay, what next? Using my improv skills, what next? <laughs> you want to talk about ground cherries, Edith? Oh my gosh, ground cherries. So last year... I want to start off with a major apology because you remember you gave me some ground cherries that someone gave to you? Someone gave me ground cherries. I gave you some, yes. Yes. Well, I failed at it. I don't know what I did wrong. But then for this episode, I did some um, I did some research. You know that they are an endangered heirloom because nobody grows them anymore? Oh, I had no idea. I didn't either. And they they used to be like everybody used to grow them. They're relatively pest-free Eat, they produce from midsummer through frost. They're in the tomatillo family. Mm. They, they come like they look like they're wrapped in little paper, like mm-hmm. little paper lanterns. And I did eat one, and it did taste kind of pineapple-y, which is how they're supposed to taste. Oh, that sounds delicious. Well, they, I, apparently they make the best jam ever. So what I'm going to do... Uh, oh, and here's the other really thing that I absolutely love about them, which I didn't know... Ground cherries will continue to ripen if placed in a well-ventilated container on the countertop. Gotcha. They will store up for to three months. Oh, my gosh. I did, yeah. So now I'm really sorry that I, I did not pay attention or take care of the ones that I had. Well, you did better than what I did because you planted yours. I did plant mine. And mine sat in their little pots all summer long. And then eventually, I think around August, I planted them. I don't, I don't You know what, Edith? I can't even remember where the heck I planted them. Oh, you know what where we should do? Because, you know, you can dry them like raisins, too. You can make raisins out of them. I have, no, I, I have no earthly idea where I planted those ground cherries. I did plant them in the ground. They're in the ground somewhere, and there's <laughs> a lot right, of ground I know. out That's there. That's right, I know. Yeah. Let's talk about vines and things that grow on vines, like fruit. Okay. I have a grapevine, which is the... Easiest thing I have ever grown in my entire life. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> not me. I don't even know. I don't even know that I f- remember it's there most of the time. And it gives me the most beautiful Concord grapes. And they're they're little. They're not like store bought. You know, everything mm-hmm. store bought is all big and bloated and stuff. But they taste better. 
Yours tastes better, I bet. Oh my God, they're so good. People come from miles around. Okay, I'm making that up. People come from up the block, you know, to ask for them. People coming from miles around to see Edith's grapevines. I just planted one and it has reached the entire width of my yard, which is probably like 150 feet. Okay, Edith, I have a grapevine. Yeah. And it was there when I moved in the house 20 years ago. Yeah. And it was maybe about two feet long. Uh-huh. And now it's about three feet long. <laughs> really? I mean, it just must not like where it is, is my oh, only guess. They love sun like all the that time. That could maybe all be the problem. The time. Especially morning sun. Is yours up close to the house? No. Does it get morning sun? No. Okay, we're beginning to unravel the mystery here. About my grapevine. Christy, it's pretty I, pathetic grapevine. we got to do something about it because grapes are wonderful. I mean, mine grow. I have a chain link fence back there, so they cling on to that. Uh, it is you beautiful. Know? And it becomes a privacy fence yeah. with grapes. And it's then you beautiful. can see birds going inside, and you can see it fluttering as they make a little dinner out of it. I just love them. That's nice. Yeah. Um, other things that grow on vines are cantaloupe, wattermelon. Uh huh. My, uh, my one of my enemies. Your honeydew, honeydew you melon. Like yeah. So she actually talks about it like it's an enemy. My enemy. Like it comes and knocks melon. on her door. She sees it in the <laughs> ring and goes, "Oh no, it's a honeydew at the door." Well, I have never been able to grow watermelon. I don't. I think I, tried I put it out year. too late. Yeah. I think that's a big issue is that if you're going to grow cantaloupe and watermelon, you got to start them early. Yeah. As early as possible. And even means like starting them inside your house. I wonder yes. if they could winter sew in a jug. That might be an interesting experiment. You got to start them really early. Why not, Christy? Mine came up, by the way, in the seedlings uh -huh. in 40 degree weather. Today, my cantaloupe broke through. Hey. So yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't in the winter and sowing. I read a I read a statistic that said that you can't plant watermelon, honeydew, or cantaloupe out until the nighttime temperatures are in the 60s. Wow. Doesn't that seem a lot? It does seem like a lot. It really does. Yeah. But you can create your own microclimate with them. Um, you can if you Plant them on the south side uh -huh. of a fence or a wall or by a sunny brick patio or by any paved surface. You can really warm things up a bit. And you can also accentuate the sun by putting black plastic down. I hear that helps. You have to water the heck out of them. Christy, we should do a whole entire episode on extending the season for everybody yeah. in our zone and north of us because there are a lot of ways you can extend the season. And then you could... If you're in our zone 5B, you're, uh -huh. you know, the best zone is zone 7. You can grow anything you want in zone 7. Um, be careful not to crowd your vines also. Don't, yes. I've done that. I've made that mistake before. Um, Sometimes, too, when when they come, like when the cantaloupe come, I put cardboard under them so they don't rot. That's smart. And so that you know, the bugs don't get them quite as easily. Yeah. Oh, that's so smart. Um, yeah, because last year I had some really good cantaloupe. I, I was amazed. Ever wonder why gardeners are so gosh darn happy? I love weeding. My plant died. Oh well, I'll just plant something new. It's because scientists have identified a microbacterium-founded soil that improves brain function and increases serotonin and therefore makes you happy. 
Hi, it's me, Phoebe, the celebrity stylist and influencer who brought you Phoebe's Phenomenales and Phoebe's Fashion. I always have my manicured finger on the latest trends and hottest fads. If you want the mood-boosting benefits of toiling in the garden without all the digging, pulling weeds, hoeing, and raking, you should try Phoebe's Choice Moist Soil. My Choice Moist Soil features real moist soil that has been toiled by a real gardener with joy in her heart and happiness in her joints and her loins. Oy. Made with thousands of living organisms of only the best bacteria, fungi, algae, and protozoa, archaea, and actinomycetes, including a wide variety of mites, nematodes, earthworms, ants, and insects. I don't know about you, but I'm getting tingly. Ooh, talk dirty to me. Just add water and apply Phoebe's Choice Moist Soil all over your body, and you'll be as happy as a pig in sh mud. That's the way I like it. Quick and dirty. Plus, Phoebe's Choice Moist Soil has so many other uses. Add to your houseplants, make some pottery, or pour into a nice bowl of potpourri. So, get your hands dirty and hoist a bag of Phoebe's Choice Moist Soil into the trunk of your Toyota today. Phoebe's Choice Moist Soil is for recreational purposes only. Do not use Phoebe's Choice Moist Soil with more than any one person at any one time unless everyone is fully vaccinated and are consenting adults. Comes with complimentary breath mints. Believe me, you'll need them. How about uh, things, fruit that grows on canes or bushes? Uh, do you have raspberries this year? Did you, because you, you dug yours up, right? I dug mine up because they were infested with some kind of a pest. Because I want to plant more. Yeah. Uh, well, they should come out soon. Next week, they said, and, and I'm going to plant them bare root. You know, like you do strawberries. Yes. Speaking of strawberries, your strawberries are amazing. Oh, thanks. Oh, I have two. I planted six. I have two left. Well, when you do raspberries, you want to make sure you get there. those also want full sun, mm -hmm. rich, well-drained soil, mm -hmm. uh, and make pick a plant that grows for your hardiness zone. There's yeah. there ras you can grow raspberries in zone two, three, and you can also buy them so that they ripen for months or that they all kind of come in at the same time. Yes, they'd either it would be they'll call them like a June, uh, June like a bearing June or a mm -hmm. spring bearing, or it'll be. A, Ever bearing, which will do all. Like. Yes. The thing that I always have trouble with with raspberries is knowing how to prune them back. I just have the dickens of a time for it because the fruit will, if it's a spring bearing, yeah, it'll fruit on the second cane, the second year. But then I'm looking at all my canes and I go, I don't know which one's a first year or a second year. You know, well, I'll tell you how I always did it, which is, and they lasted for de for like a decade. Is I would anything that had a fruit on it. I cut it down to two to three inches every year, every fall. The whole thing. Really? Yeah. And I had wonderful, wonderful See, I don't cut mine back at all. Oh, yeah. That's what you I cut, did. You cut your raspberry canes back every year? Every year, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my raspberries are pretty pathetic. I mean, the size of these berries are like the size of a of a large pea. Try They're cutting really... them down because really, I this really spring had I should do that. Wonderful. Okay. No, 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 no. Fall. Do oh, it in the fall. fall. Oh, too late now. Don't do oh, it now. Oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay. Do it in the fall. Do it in the fall. When you can tell, oh, look, this one had berries on it. Uh-huh. If it had berries on it, cut then it. Then you cut it. Gotcha. Then you know that it's a sit. Yep. Yes. I'm with you. Yeah. So I have to remember that. Okay. Wish me luck. You, we, I live close. You can always ask yeah. me. When I lived in Minnesota, boy, I had the most beautiful raspberry bush. It was so, there were so many raspberries on it that 
I would make jam. I would make pie. I would give it away. The birds would come and eat at it, and I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Wow. (laughs) So many. Yeah. Do you know that you can grow kiwis in our zone? No, I did not know that. There are varieties that do that. There are kiwis that you can grow in zones two, three, four, five, six. Wow. I might want to try that. Have you ever done blueberries? I did. They died. My soil was not acidic enough. Mm. What do you have to do to get it more acidic? Um, throw antacid on it. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> you just, I don't know. There's stuff wondering... you can do. I, I, I don't want to turn it more acidic. You know what I mean? Because other things won't grow then. Supposedly, oh, gotcha. if you put coffee, coffee grounds are acidic. Oh, okay. You know, but uh, it just it just didn't work. And I don't want to turn a whole big patch into acidic. Yeah. Can we talk about strawberries? We better. Well, there's two kinds of strawberries. You can have spring-bearing or ever-bearing, just like raspberries. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything I learned about strawberries, I learned from a friend of mine in Idaho. Oh, okay. Uh, I've been going to Idaho every summer for about the past 10 years to work on new plays. And we always stay... Um, at a host's house. So somebody in the community will put up all the artists and the playwrights and the actors and the directors. And you get to be really good friends with the people that you live with for two weeks. Sure. And they're just always lovely people. And the first year that I stayed there, I stayed at a lovely home of a retired farmer. And he was a retired uh, berry farmer, especially with strawberries. Uh And um, I said, oh, that's so interesting because I I fancy a little strawberry patch, but I'm having a little problems with it. And he gave me all this really great advice. He told me, make sure that I use a lot of compost. Mm -hmm. Strawberries love to feed. To make sure that um, when I plant them, that the upper portion of the crown is slightly above the level of the ground. So don't bury strawberries too deep. Super important. Yeah. Um, And it's also good to do a mowing off an inch or so of your strawberries. as uh, When they're done bearing fruit to... Give them a little haircut and mow them down and then cover them with more compost. I have compost. never done that. Also said that strawberry plants will really only live about four or five years. So oh. when my strawberry patch started dying off, he says, well, how often have you been replacing the plants? And I said, I never have. He goes, every year, throw in a couple new plants and just sprinkle them throughout so that you're, right? So, so very smart, so lovely. What and if, what, I was telling my... um. Uh, when I, the first year I stayed with him, he was giving me all this great advice about my little strawberry patch, which is maybe about, you know, three by, you know, 12 feet. And I was uh, telling my handsome and handy husband all of this wonderful, great advice I got from my host. And he says, well, that sounds really great. And I says, well, I really, I have to go right now because Mr. Driscoll's going to take me out on his boat. That was his name, Driscoll Strawberries? Yes. No. Driscoll. So here is the expert of experts. The expert of experts who took the time to talk to me about my dinky little strawberry patch. And he grew strawberries. I mean, Driscoll strawberries, they grow strawberries all over the world. What did he tell you about the runners? I think that if, I think what it, here's what I think it Mm -hmm. is. If you let the runners grow, you're going to have way less berries. Because again, the energy goes into forming a new plant. If you're trying to expand your patch. That might be what he meant, too, about, like, cutting things back and giving Uh it a little haircut. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you find that 
birds and squirrels are getting to your strawberries, uh-huh. I covered mine with a bird net and it made a huge difference. The other thing, remember one of our hacks from a long time ago, put little red stones out there and the birds come, they try, they think it's a strawberry and they're like, darn it. And they fly away and they never come back. I love that. <laughs> I do too. And find a little kid to pick the strawberries for you because really that's a terrible job. Oh, you don't like that? I love picking the strawberries. Oh, it just hurts my back. Oh, the smell. Yum. Christy, you know what time it is? Oh, please tell me. Please tell me. It's mailbag. Ring, ring. Oh, my gosh. We have a good one. Very brief from Catherine G. Hey there, she says. So I don't like the mulches that are made up of lots of woody parts. What else would you suggest? Thanks. She gets right to the point. <laughs> yes. Well, Catherine, if you don't like woody parts, you could use lawn clippings. You can use soil pep that I adore. Mm-hmm. Love the soil pep. You could use pine needles. Uh-huh. Shredded newspaper. Yeah. Straw. Straw, yeah. Make sure it's straw and not hay. And you it, know how you tell the difference. It has a hole in the middle. Like a straw. Like a straw. Which you taught me. I never knew that. Hope that helps, Catherine. Mulch away because when in doubt... Mulch it. And if you have a gardening question, a story, something about something fabulous that happened to you, or a really good juicy mistake, won't you write to us? We'd love to hear from you. Please write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com or check out the show notes. Oh, it's soft music. It's either time for wine or inspiration. Today's inspiration. To forget how to dig the earth and to tend the soil is to forget ourselves. Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, Christy. That's really good. And now we can have some wine. Now we can have wine. Just like two in one. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. And if you got some laughs and some value out of Upside Down Tulips, won't you do us a favor? Big favor. Go to your phone, click on that share button, and share the show on social or with a friend or two who might also appreciate it. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. You want to hear more of Denise's music? Go to her website, denisegentilini.com, or find that link on our website. Special thanks to our talented and kind friend, Leslie O'Carroll. Join us next week for our tips and tricks on all things herbs. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. Upside down to lips. Is it herbs or herbs? Both are equally fine. Thank you. Thank you. That's what the garden does. Both are equally fine. Okay.